0: Welcome to episode number 34, Uh, today we are reading chapter 21, this chapter is called The Turning Point, so this was a turning point of my whole recovery, enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crashing In Potential Podcast, where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris and I'm the author of the book Crashing in Potential: Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part two outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. Hello there, citizens of the world. Uh, welcome back. If you've been here before, uh, welcome to the podcast. If you haven't, uh, if 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 this is your first time here, not a good episode to start with. Uh, you you won't get it. You will not understand. Well, you will, but uh, but but I'm reading I'm reading a book so. You've basically missed the whole plot the plot, plot, plot line well most of it anyway so um, if you want go back go back to uh, go back to the very start I'm not putting any pressure on you just go back to the start and give it a listen and then uh, f- then uh, 34 episodes later you'll be back to where you started. Oh, anyway, so today, today, uh, we are talking about the point of my trip that turned the tables on my mindset. Of it wasn't just the mindset that I had of travelling, but it was literally the whole, the the whole mindset of my whole recovery. The mindset of my whole recovery. Uh, from this, from this moment on, uh, even even to this day. My thoughts on my own capabilities had changed, had completely changed, and it was like, literally like turning the page of a book. And it, 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 it had completely changed in the click of a finger. I started to look at challenges in life through a completely different lens. And instead of looking at things and challenges that I came up against as, as, as not possible or too hard, I started to look at everything as possible, and and I started to apply the old the old saying: uh, "If there is a will, there is a way." And that's a really really good mindset to have in 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 life. I reckon there are too many people that when they come up against a challenge or something that's too difficult. Um, they basically put it in the too hard basket instead of fighting it out to the very, very end, which is what I like to—I like to do uh, most of the time. Not most of the time, but some of the times I actually do fight it out way too long, and I should have called it quits a bit earlier. But uh, that's just—I'm guessing who I am now. The things that build us in our lives. This was one of those moments. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. Before I get started, I just want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I really appreciate you spending the most valuable asset listening to me and listening To what I have to say. So thank you very much. I'm now just going to share with you. Three things that I'm grateful for. Before I start reading. The first one uh, is. The help. That I'm getting from people. uh, At the moment. I'm getting a lot of help with. um, Just with people offering. uh, Offering their their own. uh, Advice. And their own thoughts in um in my career and i just can't i can't really thank people enough for how much time they're putting in um in to me as a person which is which is really really good Uh, the second one is uh is my friends i'm really grateful for the friendships that i have and the friendships that i've been able to uh that i've been able to hold on to and the Third thing that I am grateful for is I played golf on the weekend and I hit the ball. I hit the ball probably the best I've ever hit, and I just was stoked with the way I played. I still didn't didn't play that well. Still came last out of uh, out of the group that I was in, but I I was really 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 satisfied with the way I hit. Uh, Hit the ball, Uh, not just off the tee, but all the way around the course. So, so yeah, I was pretty, pretty, pretty stoked. Okay, we're up to chapter 21, and this chapter is called The Turning Point, and it's on page 155. The quote that goes with this chapter, Scott, I believe that you can do anything you want to in life now, by Deborah Harris. Deborah Harris is my mum. So shout out to you mum, um, you knew that you were getting a Guernsey into this, uh, into this book so um, that there's no surprises there. Mum is my number one advocate and it's, it's brilliant to have somebody that cares so much about what you do. So shout out to all the mums in the world that are their son's biggest advocates I guess. Okay, let's uh, I'm going to get started. I left Greece on an almighty high. My destination was Split to go on a sailing tour around the islands of Croatia. This would give me a chance to sort things out in my own in my own head for the following week in Germany and get my mind into the right state for the challenge of my visa. Just going to go out of the book quickly and talk about the that time in Croatia. Um I went on a went on a sailing tour around uh, around the islands went for about a a week i think and it was it was uh, so it was i guess sail croatia but it wasn't through the 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 company sail croatia the sail croatia uh those boats are massive and they have about 30 or 40 people on them Uh, but this our boat only had about 15 people so it was real tight knit group and we all became for that week you know we all became best 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 friends and then at the end of the week uh, we all split up and went our separate ways when you go on a sailing trip around croatia so i think all of the well not all but there will be a a number of boats and organize and tour companies that all travel together like on the other tour, I went on um, around around Turkey and Egypt, and the other one around uh, around Scandinavia. Actually, there wasn't any other groups around Scandinavia. No, the, anyway, the 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 tour goes around with other tour companies, and when you come in and you set up at a dock, uh, set up in the port, if you're not sailing through the night, all of the boats. They park uh parallel to each other from the shore, so if you're the end boat, you have to climb through all the other boats uh to get to the shore and when we uh when we um when we went and um sailed into split uh there was a boat that was parked there, and there was like our boat wasn't as like all of the boats lined up weren't as big as this yacht. It was uh, one of those I guess billionaires yachts, um, and they were having a party up on the roof. And it was uh, there was there were there were there were girls up there, and they were all topless, and they were all dancing. And when you've got a whole bunch of backpackers that are, that are that are um, on their backpacking trip. And all full of testosterone, and they're all young men, and uh, there were actually, there were girls there as well. But they, they were shouting all day, all night, and whistling, and it was, it was, it was it was crazy. I didn't get into that sort of stuff, I just went ashore and went and took photos, <laughs> went and took photos um, with my, with my group, because we were all mature, <laughs> mature. Okay, there might have been one or two whistles here and there, but uh, not from me. Anyway, one of the one of the, one of the guys on our on our boat on our tour, he uh, he, he he looked up how much it cost to hire that uh, to hire that exact boat. It's because it was a it was a boat that was um, that people could hire, and to hire that that yacht. It cost a million dollars per week. So you could imagine the type of people that were on there. Uh, it was it was it was it was crazy. Oh no, sorry that that um that 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 island was Havar, which was the last island that we sailed to before we headed back to Split. One of the guys that was on the tour, I actually met up with him in Barcelona later on in the trip. Uh, which I'll try and remember to talk about um in in a few chapters time. Yes, yeah, so that was a, I really enjoyed that. Uh I, that it just felt that whole that whole tour felt so different to the other two tours that I went on. Um so um yeah, it was a, a, that was a, an enjoyable tour. The other the other two weren't as enjoyable as that one. I I'll, I'll, I'll put all the photos up uh from that tour um on uh, in the show notes. Okay. On completion of the tour, I said "Dovijenja" in brackets, "See you later" in Croatian, to the group, and I was once again on my on the move. As I flew out of Split, I started to wonder how simple the process of getting a visa would actually be. I landed in Berlin on Saturday afternoon, with a flight booked outbound the following Friday. As I made my way up to the window of the customs officer in berlin airport the nerves started to kick in again the officer told me that i only had three days left in europe before i must leave and that if i didn't go by then they'd come looking for me and hunt me down like the wolves i still had roaming around in my head i politely explained that i was on my way to get a visa so i could stay i just hoped it would work out that way were they really going to look for me? Probably not. But those simple words had me shaking in the same boots I'd been wearing when I first took off from Melbourne Airport. After customs, I went straight to my old friend, the information desk, where I was given directions to a hotel to Hotel arena inn, in Wedding. Nicole had suggested I stay there as it was close to the Oslana Beherto. By this stage of stage in my travels, I was finding it easier and easier to navigate the public transport systems. After catching a train going in the wrong direction on the easy-to-navigate transport system, then wandering around aimlessly for about 20 minutes, I finally found the hotel. This was going to be my bunker where I would retreat for the week. Retreating may sound a little bit over the top, but you must understand my, f- my frame of mind At that moment, I was in Germany where I could not understand a word that was spoken. With cognitive dysfunction, this alone was hard enough. The life skills I needed to deal with the situation at hand were minimal as my brain injury had taken away my organisation skills, my comprehension skills and my memory. But the most daunting part of this week was that I could be sent home at the end of it if I was unsuccessful with the visa application when i get overwhelmed my mind says you're on your own now buddy see you later and it goes blank so to stay calm and in control i needed to be as comfortable as possible when i was in athens i had i had taken my hard drive into a computer store to see if any of the photos on it could be saved after the crash i wasn't too hopeful they said it would take a while to get around to it, so I gave, I, I gave them the address of my hotel in Berlin. Waiting for me when I arrived was a package from Athens. Up in my room, I opened the box and discovered that they had sent me a new hard drive, which was the size of a 1980s desktop PC. It was huge, and it needed its own power source. I couldn't travel with this one. The good news was that a lot of the information got recovered from my old hard drive. Woohoo! Except for 90% of my photos. Now, with a head injury, I find it impossible to let things go. My brain injury told me that I had to have my hard drive back to the way it had been, and that was that. I couldn't use the new one because it just wasn't the same. We're now on page 157. I thought about cutting my losses and forgetting forgetting the hard drive altogether. But that would have that would have unsettled me for the rest of my trip. So I decided I'd buy another one and send this one home. By Monday morning, I was feeling pretty confident. So I took my time walking to the Auslander Beherder. Okay, quickly going out of the book. Uh, I... 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 I arrived in berlin on a sunday so everything was closed on the sunday so that was when i went out um, and bought my new hard drive okay back to the book to be honest i didn't really understand what i was getting at this place was it was it a resident residency permit a working holiday visa or a traveller's subscription to europe all i knew was that it was uh, that it would allow me to stay in europe for another year okay just quickly going out of the book here uh so the visa in germany a working visa that would allow me to travel for weekend trips uh for weekend trips to other countries but the thing is that there was no way of them knowing um what no way of them knowing um how long i'd been out of germany or, or whatnot so once i got that visa Then it was basically a ticket to Europe. Uh, I'm not sure if that still exists, if you can still do that. But at the time, that was the only way that I knew that I had been told that I could stay in Europe. Okay, back to the book. I'm not sure what what, what I was expecting, but I did not think this place would be packed out like a Kiss concert. There were people everywhere which instantly overwhelmed me, not quite thinking straight. I walked up the stairs, uh, got a ticket and sat in line. Uh, Imagine being in an important meeting and lots of people are talking to you at once. Now imagine that you need to take all of that information that each one of those people is telling you because it's all super important. Well, that was the state of my mind I was in when suddenly I remembered that Nicole had told me that I needed cash Pay for the visa i quickly walked down the stairs uh, down the street to find a bank hoping that they didn't call my number while i was away i raced back to the queue only to find i had misplaced my ticket i took another one and went to the back of the line my number finally got called up an hour later i was on my way to getting my visa at last when i reached the window the lady told me that i was in the wrong place Following her directions, I went down the stairs uh, to see a big sign saying, Closed. Why was it closed? I looked at the clock and realized that I'd wasted half the day fumbling around. This was when I really started to feel the pressure. Uh, It was overwhelming. Imagine everyone in the same important meeting asking you maths problems, expecting you to answer them on the spot. All I wanted to do was to go back to the hotel and rest so that I could start fresh tomorrow. Just going out of the book quickly. Uh, so, Nicole told me that it was really easy to get the visa. I guess because she had already gotten it. Uh, but I... So, so that was... Uh, in my mind, I think that was that was a bit of a misconception because it was... Easy, but I still had to take it seriously. And I don't think I, 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 I was taking it seriously on that first day. So from that moment on, I started to take things on my trip, not just here in Germany, but on my, on my trip all up uh, a lot more seriously. I, th- I guess I, I, I think I just got into my uh, into a comfort zone and things became, started to become easier for me. And I forgot that I actually really had to keep paying attention to the things that I was doing okay back to the book actually no I do have one more thing Uh, that's the same in in my career as well when I'm speaking so if I go into a presentation and I um, am, am a little bit nervous and I really want to get this right I tend to find myself performing so much better than if I just go in there thinking this is going to be easy and when I do that, I sometimes, uh, I, 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 I sometimes go in and don't perform the way I want to perform. So I guess uh, being nervous a little bit, uh, being nervous and being under pressure is actually a good thing. Uh, that's what I've found anyway. Okay, back to the book. Luckily, I woke up the next morning with a clear head. After a good night's sleep, I felt fresh. The Oslanda Aus- herder was about 1.3 kilometers walk from the hotel, which was just far enough to get the blood pumping. We're now on page 158. The walk also gave me the chance to grab a coffee on the way and try to take my mind off everything that could possibly go wrong. All I wanted all I wanted was to meet someone in the office who could speak perfect English so I could communicate with with them and get an understanding of what was going on i went straight to the level and saw the right lady who was sitting behind the right window but with a seriously bad temper she told me that i needed to, that i needed things that i couldn't get i would need a contra- I, I would need a contact here in berlin who who could sign some papers for me and i needed german health insurance neither of which I could produce without befriending a local. Nicole had warned me that she had got into an argument with this lady over this exact issue. After I calmed down, I caught the train back to the hotel and rang the Australian Embassy to see if they could could shed any light on the matter. The official I spoke to uh, was nice, but she was unable to give me any information about what I could do. However, speaking to a nice Australian gave me a bit of a booster and made me feel a little more at home. Back to the drawing board and I decided I would ask Nicole what she had to say about it. First thing she did was laugh and say, that's rubbish. She told me the same thing. So I asked to speak with her manager to explain that I had my own travel insurance from Australia. She also explained that the point of contact was just a letter from the hotel where I was staying. That's all I needed. Just as just as I thought, this week was turning out to be easy. The Oslana Beherer was closed on Wednesday, so that gave me time to read over everything I had and print it and print all the documents I thought I would need. By this stage, the whole process was just getting was just circling in my head, and I found myself going over and over the same information. I read I read my ins, insurance policy from front to back, but by the time I had finished reading it, I would forgotten most of the information. So I was back. To, so it was back to the start. Instead of trying to understand it all, I found it was easier if I just looked looked for specific information. After tearing my hair out for a few hours and going crazy trying to make sense of everything, I put the paperwork aside and walked down to the laundromat. It was a half an hour walk away and when I got there I discovered that I didn't have any coins. After another half an hour walk uh, to find change, I put the coins in into the machine then realised uh, that I couldn't read the instructions. They were all in German, of course. I threw my clothes in anyway, mashed the buttons, and hoped for the best. The machine ate my money, let out a burp, and then asked for more. As frustrated as I was, there was absolutely nothing I could do. After sitting in silence for about a minute, I decided to ask for help from an old lady next next to me, who was also doing her washing. "'Excuse me, uh, do you speak English?' Well, wow. these simple words sparked a lovely conversation. Dora was from the South and she would moved up to Berlin back in the 1960s with her husband. This lady had lived in Berlin for the to- uh, from the time the, of the construction of the Berlin Wall in 1961 to its demolition in 1989 and during more than half the Cold War, which ended in 1991. She had seen firsthand many of the important events from uh, that I had only read about and honestly knew very little about. It was fascinating to listen to her talk about some of the events that shaped our history. The following day I stepped onto the biggest roller coaster I had been on in a very long time. It was Thursday. The Oslandamherder was closed on Friday and my plane was flying out on Saturday. It was the last chance I had to get my visa, and I was determined to be on that plane. I had everything I needed, so I left early to get my spot near the front of the line. Going out of the book quickly here. So on tu- on the Tuesday when I went to the uh, to the and Beherda and I stood in line, the line was massive. Um, so I so so on the Thursday I wanted to be. Uh, i wanted to be at the front of the line so i so i left really early okay back to the book turning the corner i could see that i would be the first one in line at seven o'clock i was three hours early i didn't feel too bad as other other people soon joined the queue the next guy to arrive was an english lad who was in the special effects industry he was doing a production in berlin from the animation studio dreamworks the other man i spoke with was a nigerian refuge nigerian refu- nigerian refugee uh, living in berlin with his family he was trying to seek asylum so that he could bring his little girl up in a safe environment free from the troubles of his homeland just going out of the book quickly that uh, on the Thursday, the every other day it opened at um, it opened at ten o'clock, but that uh, that day on that day it actually opened at eleven o'clock. So I was there four hours early. So I had to stand in line four hours early. But there were other people that were were there as well that early, and that was because they knew that it got so packed and so it was it was it was just a shit fight to get into the place and get what you want to get. So so it was actually really good that I got there that early because I was the first in line and I could, could go first in. All right, back to the book. Eventually, the doors flung open. It was like a stampede you'd see at, at the Boxing Day sales. Everyone raced to get a ticket. I knew exactly where to go. So amongst the stampede, I got my ticket and waited silently for number one to be called out. We are now on page 160. An hour went by and nothing. Uh, an hour and a half went by and still nothing. My patience finally boiled over and I got got sick of waiting and went up to the window and asked, p- asked in a polite, friendly manner if anyone would see me soon. The woman didn't want to help me one bit and that was the straw that broke my little back. With steam blasting out my ears, I raised my voice and told her what I thought she needed to hear and then demanded to see her manager. A man came out and then took all my papers and told me exactly what I was missing. He said that my travel, my travel insurance was fine, but I would need a residency declaration, which I could get from the Burgeramt umt In brackets, Citizen Registration Office. He explained that when people moved to Berlin... They need to register as a resident of Berlin. He gave me an address of a Bürgeramt, and and off I went. Why couldn't the woman have told me this the other day? The missing link was my residential registration. So out I went towards my next mini checkpoint, the Bürgeramt. After waiting in line again for half an hour, I was told I needed to book an appointment. The next one was in September. That was over a month away, as we were only in August. Well, by this point, I was on the verge of giving up. But I decided to keep uh, keep going until the end, and until I was told no. So, I walked back to the Oslana Aus- Behörde to let the manager know that I couldn't get uh, what he was after. I had used up a full tank of emotional fuel by this stage and I was I was just running on reserve. I was about to break down at any point. He kind of laughed in a way that made him sound like he was annoyed but still willing to help and said, "There are many burger in in Berlin." This was music to my ears, so I walked back to the hotel to search out uh, out more to visit. I printed off four addresses and away I went. With a little bit more fuel in my tank I left to visit the first Bergarmt on my list. This one was by appointment only. So I went to the second one. That one and then the third were only by appointment only. I arrived at the last of four and that was the end of the line for me. I had already walked over 7 kilometers by this stage and it, it was hitting mid-afternoon. I only had a few hours before the Auslanabahedo was closed, so I knew that this was my last chance, as I wouldn't have time to, to look up more at my hotel, visit them, and get all the way back. We are now on page 161. I went inside and took a ticket to wait in line, yet again. At least I didn't have to make an appointment. My number was called out, and I was led down the hall to an office. This was the most foreign thing that I had ever done in my life. And I was so far beyond the realms of my comfort zone. It wasn't funny. All I could do was hope. I had with me every document I could get hold of, which the official took and signed. Then she reached out across the desk and handed me the golden ticket. It really was that simple. I nearly hugged her and ran out of the office to the to Oslander the Beherdo before it shut. Once there, I took a ticket to line up again. I was starting to sweat by this point, as I had half an hour until the game was over. This was only Thursday afternoon, but all I could think was that the Oslander Beherder was closed on Friday, and I had to have the visa before I flew out on Saturday. I got called to the manager's office, and he took my passport away and told me That I would have to wait again. By this stage, my brain power was running on overdrive, just to keep my brain injury symptoms at bay. My anxiety kept screaming at my impulsiveness, which was running around like crazy, trying to mess with my cognitive dysfunction, which was trying to organise my emotions into a relatively functional order. And then I was called up. Here you go. Welcome to Berlin. Those words meant so much more to me than the manager could ever have imagined. Getting the visa didn't just mean I could stay in Europe. It meant much, much more. I had just proven to myself that the perception I had built up about who I was had totally missed the mark. In fact, I was just as just as normal as every other human walking on this planet. It was at that moment that I understood I was capable of living the satisfying life I had imagined for myself. I wouldn't have to make do with what life threw at me. This was the turning point of my trip and my recovery and a defining point in my life. I basically skipped back to the hotel to call the people who would care the most about, about this achievement, my parents. I tried my hardest not to give it away but by the look on my pixelated face through the computer screen, they knew something amazing had just happened. We're now on page 162. With the words, I'm not coming home, my mother's eyes lit up. I had not seen my mother this excited for a long, long time. And she said something on the phone to me that day that will stay with me forever. She said to me, Scott, I believe that you could do anything you want to in life now. And for the first time in a very, very long time, I believed it too. I knew right at that moment that life was going to be just fine for me. And that is the end of chapter 21. You won't be able to tell, but today was a really, really hard day for me to read. I'm not exactly sure why that was. Uh, Maybe I'm a bit tired from the weekend, but I got a really good night's sleep last night, so I really don't know what it was. Anyway, I'll read the first chapter, uh, uh, the first paragraph of the next chapter before we hit the road. Okay. After recovering from from the after recovering from the anxiety leading up to getting the visa, the rest of my time in Europe. Was just fun and games for me. I moved on to visit and revisit ten another 10 countries. Where I met so many so many incredible people. Many of whom I still keep in contact with to this day. I continued to learn from every mistake I made. Backpacking in Europe for almost 4, four months... I continued to learn from every mistake I made. Backpacking in Europe for almost four more months with a brain injury meant that I was bound to catch a few snags. I did miss a few trains and buses, but I did miss a few trains and buses, but considered the number of, considering the numbers I didn't miss, I was happy. I did miss. Uh, I did miss a few trains and buses, but considering the number I didn't miss, I was happy. And I guess I, I guess I would, I would read. I would keep reading that line until I got it perfect. Um, so that's I guess that's where the, the the difference is. If I don't have the um, I don't have the right intonation in my voice, which I sometimes don't have the right intonation in my voice and i do leave it in actually in the in the podcast but today uh there just happened to be a lot of of times where i just couldn't i couldn't nail it so i need just to keep recording uh, until i got it right uh anyway that uh, i don't have any more stories to tell you about that chapter through that uh, through that point actually no i've got one i so after uh, on the on the Thursday night, I uh, I I caught up with a guy that I knew, uh, a guy that a friend of a friend uh, that was uh, staying in Berlin at that time. I caught up with him, and I hadn't seen that was the first uh, I think the first friendly face I had seen from back home my whole trip. So. Even though I wasn't close to this guy, it just felt so—it just felt so comfortable, and I was so happy to see this guy. And then the next day, uh, the next day was the Friday, and I just really relaxed all day and just walked around the city and just spoke to people, and I just had a really, really good day. Uh, that's uh, that Friday, and then the Saturday was when I left. I left Germany. It wasn't last time I was in Germany on the trip, but I'll get to that maybe next week, I think it'll be. Okay, that's just about a wrap from me. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the book. Uh, there's only another, I think, another 20-odd pages uh, to go, and then I will be taking some time off. Uh, I will be back. Uh, I just have some... Things happening in in my life that need my presence uh, I'll tell you more about this uh, when when we're all done of the book when we're done finish finishing all of the chapters finishing the book when I'm finished reading when I'm all done and dusted uh, if you've been listening to me you've probably um, you probably guessed what's going on uh, by now uh, but I will I will, uh, I will, I will share things in more detail in, in due course. So, as they say in French, au revoir, a bientôt, or as they say in English, catch you later, you good-looking beast. Actually, that just uh, that French French bit just means see you soon. I added that little uh, that little nugget in there, that little nugget of gold. Uh, anyway, okay. That's it from me. That's it. I'm out. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Crashing In Potential Podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at The Injured Brain. Wherever you get your social media fix. And don't forget to rate, review and share this podcast far and wide so that you can help me spread my message. See you in the next episode.